The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning and welcome to everyone here in this space and those joining us online. I'm Laura Shannon, I'm Minister of Congregational Life and I'm joined this morning on the chancel by Sonia Skulowski, our sabbatical minister and Aisha Hauser, our wonderful facilitator from this past weekend's covenanting activities. Thanks to our musicians and choir led by music by Mark Sumner, our music director, and our organist, Rako Lane. Gratitude to our tech team, led by Director of Communications, Jonathan Silk. Our ushers, by, led by Linda Mesner, and for the beautiful flowers from Athena Papadakos. We hope all of you here or on live stream have an order of service so you can follow along in worship. 
I want to pause for a moment and take time to honor a tradition of noting and worship the death of a member in this congregation. We name the person and then extinguish one of our candles. This morning, unfortunately, I have two names to lift up. Anton Junger, who was a longtime member, and I apologize if I mispronounced his last name. What was that? Younger. Thank you. Who was a longtime member and a previous accountant of the church, died on December 18th, 2023. And Claire Horn, a member of the church and participant in our pagan group, died recently. We'll take a moment to pause and extinguish a candle for each of them. We hold their families in our hearts and our prayers. A quick COVID note, masks are no longer required, but you are strongly encouraged to wear one or do whatever you need to feel safe and comfortable. To my left is a section against the wall marked and reserved for those who would like to be in a masked only section. Those of us on the chancel have started testing again before services to ensure safety. We've been on a journey this month exploring the idea of covenant. This weekend, leaders and congregants came together to interpret and discern what is most important to our UUSF congregation as values we want to lift up and uphold in relationship with each other. This morning, our service will honor this process, present the UUSF covenant, and discuss next steps in its use and its development. So let us settle in and prepare for worship. This morning, Aisha Hauser is going to light our chalice. Please join me in the words printed in your service, order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. And now, please rise as you're willing and able and join me in singing hymn 100, Morning Has Come. Hymn 1000 in the green hymn, teal hymnal.
morning and welcome. My name is Diane Allen, and I'm a member of the Board of Trustees of this church. And we invite you to, if you have any questions about the board or the church, please feel free to seek me out or any member of the board. If we don't know the answer, we will try to find it for you. You are also invited to come to the board meetings, which are usually on the third Tuesday of each month. They're in person, usually in the fireside room from 6.30 uh, to 8, about 8 p.m. Members are invited to speak and ask questions or make comments at the beginning of each meeting. And we also invite you to take a look at the board news, which is in the Flame newsletter. That's another good way to kind of find out what the latest topics are. If this is your first time joining us in person or watching on live stream, a special thank you for joining us. If you would like to receive a copy of our weekly email newsletter, which is a great way to find out where all the activities and goings are, um, are in the church, um, and it also has the order of service in it, you can fill out one of the yellow connection forms, which are either in the, um, in the table right outside the sanctuary, perhaps in a pew near you, and also um, available through the link in the order of service online. So the order of service li lists a lot of upcoming events, uh, opportunities to connect, and please engage in any or all of them that may be of interest to you. Try out something new. I want to call your attention just uh, to one. Today at 2 p.m. in the sanctuary, there will be a memorial for Don Williams, who uh, was a beloved and longtime member of our church, husband of David Jones, and there will be a reception afterward. So now let's take a moment to greet each other. And if you are on live stream, please take a minute to introduce yourself on the chat.
long ago and far away, or maybe just yesterday and just around the corner, or maybe somewhere halfway in between. There was a town that sat, quiet and content, tucked into the shadow of a mountain, and carved on the side of that mountain, big and tall so no one could miss them, were the words, no. No one knew where the words came from or why they were there. They'd always been there. But oh my goodness, the people who lived in that town, cuddled into that mountain, were glad to have those words there. Because whenever the townspeople had a question, all they had to do was look up at the mountain, and the answer said, Making decisions was simple, and life went on smoothly and easily in the town, cuddled into the mountain, until, of course, one day. Now on that particular day, Ma Custis was about to make dinner for her family, and she just couldn't decide, because sometimes you can't, whether to make stew or steak, pasta or potatoes, dumplings or donuts, so she went into the yard. Should I make liver for dinner tonight? She asked and looked up at the mountain, and the mountain said, no. All right, all right, I knew that already. Uh, nobody really likes liver. Should I make steak for dinner tonight? And the mountain said, no. All right, should I make chicken? No. Should I make tacos or tofu or baked beans or broccoli, pork chops or popcorn? No. Ma Custis asked more and more questions until the sun disappeared behind the mountain. She kept on asking questions until the sun came up and around the other way. And all the mountain ever said was, because Ma couldn't get an answer that was any kind of answer, she and her family went all night and all the next day and all the next night without dinner. Finally, Ma just gave up and made liver anyway. That's what you get. Even though the mountain said no, and even though everyone hated liver, because liver was the first thing she'd thought of, but Ma Custis had had enough. She glared at the mountain, stamped her foot, and shook her fist. Why is the answer always no? Why can't you just say yes for once? Ma turned around, stomped away to ring the town bell and call a town meeting. Well, when that bell rang, the whole town came running. From the oldest man with the longest beard to the youngest kids who still needed carrying, no one would miss a town meeting. They all came and they all listened carefully as Ma Custis told her story. Seems to me that we've got a problem. The mountain just isn't helping as it should. Seems to me it would be nice if the mountain said yes once in a while. The townsfolk knew that Ma Custis had a point. They didn't much like this idea, changing something that had been the same for so long. But after they thought, and then they thought some more, they finally nodded solemnly. The mountain would have to be recarved. Mason Sharp, yes, Mason Sharp, the stone carver, nodded along with the rest of them. He scratched his nose, adjusted his cap, and slowly gazed up the length of the mountain. Then he cleared his throat and said in his gravelly voice, 
Looks to me like I could do the carving if it's all right with all of you. And so it was. Mason spent the next two weeks up on the side of the mountain, chiseling and chipping and carving away and coming down only when it got too dark to see. The tape's not working, okay. And when he was done, the mountain said, yes. Mason rang the bell to call the town together and once again they all came running from the oldest woman with the whitest hair to the youngest kids who still needed caring. They all wanted to see the new sign and they all wanted to cheer for the stone carver and all his hard work. Ma Custis, who had started all of this, came right up to the front of the crowd. She figured she ought to be the person who asked the first question this new and different, to this new and different mountain since she discovered the problem with the old one. She stepped right up to the foot of the mountain, looked way up to the top and asked, should I make liver tonight? And the mountain said, yes. Well, now Ma Custis almost fell over with surprise. But Pa Custis told me he would never forgive me if I made liver again. And all my kids threatened to hide in the barn for a week. Should I really serve liver? And the mountain said, the townspeople began to grumble. They didn't like the sound of this. Ma Custis's family grumbled the loudest. But I can't. I mean, I just cannot serve liver again. I promised, I promised that I wouldn't. Are you telling me I should break my promise? The mountain said, the grumbling got louder, and Ma Custis, well, she glared at the mountain again, stamped her foot and shook her fist. She turned to the townspeople and said, this just isn't right. What are we gonna do? Once again, the townspeople put on their thinking caps. Everyone thought, Ma Custis, Pa Custis, and all the Custis kids who probably thought the hardest of all because they were worried they were about to get liver again for dinner. Finally, the smallest one of the Custis kids piped up. Why does there have to be just one answer? Can't we have more? Sorry, that was your line. The townspeople gasped. No one had ever thought of such a thing before, they mumbled and grumbled and talked amongst themselves. Finally, they decided the mountain ought to say, the answer is sometimes yes and sometimes no and sometimes wait and see and sometimes I just don't know. Mason, the stone carver, who had been listening to all of this talk, cleared his throat, scratched his nose, and adjusted his cap. I think I could do it. I don't mind, not really, even if I just finished carving in the new change, but, well, it's going to take a lot of time, and I can't work all day long on it like I did last time. How about if I work on it when I can, and we'll hang some up, We'll hang up some kind of sign on the mountain that lets people know that the answer is coming. And so it was. The funny thing was that for a little while, Mason worked on the mountain every day. And for a little while, everyone in town waited eagerly to see what the new answer was. But soon the stonemason got tired of climbing the mountain every day and everyone got tired of waiting. And they all started asking each other questions and helping everyone else find answers that seemed to fit the townspeople realized that different questions usually had different answers, that sometimes the same question had more than one answer, and that there were many more answers than they had imagined. 
and all of that was fine with them. After a while, they thought that maybe the answer the mountain was giving them right then was just as it was, was better, more sensible than any other answer it had given. And so they left it as it was. And the mountain said, under construction. And now, please join me in saying our unison covenant, imprinted in the order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another. I haven't been here very long, but I can tell you, this is a very special place. You know it in so many more ways than I do. And even though, I, as I reflect on this past month of sharing during Sunday services from Richard Davis Lowell, from Andre Vera, from Millie Phillips, Reverend Lori and Mari Magaloni Ramos, honestly, I am blown away. There is so much life and so much of the good in life here. Even amidst the suffering, illness, war, tensions, and violence that seems to be nipping at our heels, the spirit of this church is palpable. You can see it in the friendships that overflow when memorializing cherished members of this fold. Richard's reflection about Ronald Hugh Shear made me want to behold his designs that turn emotion into tangible expression. And what a poetic way to think about our covenanting turning emotion into tangible expression. It starts 
in trusting your gut and verifying your thoughts and feelings, while also looking for every opportunity to step into generosity and praise for others, like Andre named earlier this month. You, as a group, committed to exactly this work in, conversa in conversation yesterday for hours. As you pondered the existing covenants between small groups, the board, and the staff, and gave feedback for our process this weekend, I heard very clearly that many people like that simple poetic statement we use every week in worship. James Villa Blake wrote it while he served both the Evanston, Illinois congregation and was a driving force for the Western Unitarians in the 1890s. It is a testament, testimony to his poetry that goes straight to the heart of who we are, that so many congregations say something very close to this every week. So in the questionnaire, some of you got, um, a lot of you gave uh, feedback to us, and some of you got into reframing that language with an eye toward greater inclusive, inclusivity that I appreciate. Someone suggested, Love is the spirit of our covenant, and service is our expression of that love. In fact, love and respect were the most common words named in the questionnaire that dozens of you returned. Peace was a close second, along with listening, helping one another, sharing, and repairing relationships. I can see that so many of you get it. And deepening into this sense of relationship has been very healing and insightful for me this weekend. I can feel my whole body relax when I stop to really take this good news in. There are people of faith working it out committed to graceful grounding in our deepest beliefs. Freely committing to acknowledging good intentions and paying attention to the impacts, even while so much of our world needs more love and more insight and more resources. In my heart and in my dreams, Community is a place where I hold and hone my best self week after week. Naming it and occasionally proclaiming what that best self is that I want to hold myself accountable for so that I can live into loving kindness, to easily open to compassion, and to notice every single spark of joy and creativity that is abundant in our midst if you just look for it. In this context, as Mari so beautifully put it, accountability is love. 
and love is liberation. Those ingredients that you offered last week during the time of all ages, hope, action, community, humility, onions, wasn't sure if that meant tears or flavor or burnt offerings. Commitment, respect, trust, love, faith, ceremony, honesty, service, promise, laughter, freedom, accountability, attention, compassion, joy, prayer, spirit, those ingredients and many conversations and thoughts make up this luscious ambrosia that can make us, in Mari's words, robust enough to run towards each other, making space, the kairos kind of space for each other. That gives me goosebumps. Deep listening that gives us a sense of resourcedness to move at the speed of trust. In life, there will be times when bad moods, difficult circumstances, and just raw pain create this sense of oops or ouch or woe here. The covenant that we are uh, naming this morning aims to be a living guide to how to juggle those hot potatoes and come around right together, finding love and commitment right here. So if you would please join me in a spirit of meditation Love is the spirit of this church. As you settle into your seat and feel your feet on the floor and your back supported, you may notice your mind is active, wondering, is this good? Do I agree with every word? These are great questions. A questioning mind is a high value here. I am grateful for your brilliant, insightful minds and questions. questions held in community. You might be wondering, do I listen or do I have a lot to say? Bless this engagement.
Do I go inward or focus outward on what other people are saying and doing? Know that there is time and space for both. Do I show up? Do I stop video or not? If you're anything like the, me, this unsettledness is often present. It's okay. Allow yourself to savor a breath. Breathing in and breathing out, maybe with an audible sigh. And again. And you can sigh. You can bring your sighs here. Breathe. Just breathe. Benefit by being linear for a moment. Breathe in and breathe out. Notice that breath on the tip of your nose. Your chest rising and falling. Let your eyes feel limp, lipid and limp. Listen. Go inward. Let that still, small voice bubble up from the depths. Keep listening. Can you hear birdsong? And if the push-me-pull-you mind comes back, know this river of life wants to pull us with the current, wash us of all thoughts, bathe us in freshness, Dry us under the starlight. Create a cocoon. 
to open. To wonder. To revel. Revelation is not sealed. Find a little bit of peace in this moment, in your outbreath, as it ends and pauses. Let it all go. Just breathe. And come back. Become a little more aware of the room and your surroundings. how you're sitting, and when you're ready, open your eyes. We bring many things to this community, both hope and sometimes despair. Diane de Poitiers says, courage is as often the outcome of despair as hope. In the one case, we have nothing to lose. In the other, we have everything to gain. Here in this community, we give toward the work of this church because what, much of what we need is communal in these times. Personal gain is multiplied by people who reconnect us with hope and courage to be met with a smile, to be held in confidence and respect is no small feat. And to create such a place requires people investing together financially, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. We treasure the offerings our members bring, both the material and the character offerings, and we put them to humble use. Whether you have nothing to lose or everything to gain, please join as you are able in sharing your gifts today, both material and spiritual.
morning. Before I begin, I need to name as an Egyptian-born woman who is the mother of two children born of a Jewish father and an Arab mother, that the events in Gaza are weighing heavy on my heart. And whenever I am especially in a space of prayer, that is what I, the prayer for peace for all consumes me. And I felt unexpected relief on Friday when we drove up to the church and I saw your ceasefire now sign. So I appreciate that you all have the, yes, thank you. I wanna thank you all for your invitation to be here this weekend. It is my third time at the congregation in 12 months. So I appreciate that you all keep asking me back. I was here over the summer collaborating with the Black Indigenous People of Color Caucus to offer a retreat to the Bay Area Unitarian Universalists who are part of the global majority. I returned this past weekend to facilitate the covenanting process. What an honor and a privilege it is for me to journey with you all in these ways. This weekend was truly beautiful to experience, not only as a faith leader, but also as a Unitarian Universalist and as a human being. Don't get me wrong, at times it felt like herding cats. And as a Unitarian Universalist facilitator and religious educator, I'm not only an expert at herding cats, I've been the cat and part of a group that needed the hurting. So I deeply, deeply appreciate that one of the gifts of being in a Unitarian Universalist community is that we are always invited to bring our whole and authentic selves and our ideas at any given moment to the community we love. And because we hold so many different opinions, ideas, experiences, and beliefs, holding space for affirmation of the complexity of all of these truths can indeed feel like herding cats in the most beautiful of ways. So Friday night, you're a, group, a smaller group of congregational leaders that included most of your board I asked everyone, what are your hopes? What are your questions? And what bubbled up is, well, we're unclear how this is gonna work. And what about the people who aren't here? And if we, can we really do this in just a day and a couple of hours? All very fair responses and reasonable questions. And one of the things I do wanna address here this morning is for those of you thinking well, what about me? And what about the people who weren't there? How could you come up with a covenant if every single person wasn't there? The beauty of having a community that you are a part of and care about is trusting, trusting that other people will represent the needs of your community. Not all of us can be everywhere all the time. 
So trust is crucial to a loving faith community. The groups that were there Friday night and your leaders on Saturday, a larger group, I think 46 is the number, that attended, are a deeply, deeply thoughtful group of people who I could feel the love everyone has for this community. They came together and talked and asked questions, and I will tell you, came up with a beautiful covenant based on the one you already read each week. One of the phrases, the, the um, ideals I live by is, it comes from Zen, Zen Buddhism. How we do anything is how we do everything. This was present this weekend in this process. Everyone who participated, including the ministers and the leaders, were demonstrating the exact covenant that ended up being birthed yesterday afternoon without even knowing it. People came together and gathered in the spirit of love, of peace, and affirming every single person and affirming each other. Here are the five questions that the group gra grappled with for just about six hours yesterday. What does it mean to be held in community? What does it mean to be in community and feel held? What does accountability look like? What does love feel like? What does it mean to dwell together in peace? What does it mean to seek truth in freedom? The responses to these questions through small group and large group discussions and wordsmithing led to the covenant that you are invited to try on for size and revisit at a later time. And covenants are living agreements never meant to be static or stagnant, especially in a Unitarian Universalist context. Revelation is not sealed, as Reverend Sonia said this morning. Our covenants are not sealed. I am so very proud to have been a part of this truly awe-inspiring process. I will now invite Madi, who is part of the Healthy Congregation team, to read the result of the weekend-long covenanting process. I love that this is here while I read the covenant. It's living and it brings me life and it's a real honor to actually be able to vocalize what this uh, beautiful community right now came up with um, to hold each other and give each other life. Thank you for the honor to speak what the community says. This is our Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco covenant. In an effort to make the world a better place, we support each other's journey to seek truth with openness, 
curiosity, and respect for different perspectives and paths. As love is our spirit, we commit to respect, accept, listen to, and support each other. We hold ourselves and each other accountable by continually assessing our individual and community actions toward living into our covenant. This will include speaking up when someone's actions are not aligned. We commit to be in community with openness and loving kindness, acknowledging our own biases and different perspectives. We welcome the newcomer. We commit to building trust with each other. We celebrate differences and make space for repair when harm occurs. Amen.
Thank you so much for that beautiful music. So I'm grateful to our facilitator, Asia Hauser, this, for this weekend and, and all the facilitation that she did, and the staff that supported us, Alicia Coover, as well as Emma Wakeling and Reverend Sonia, everyone that came together on Friday night as our leaders, as well as our congregation members yesterday. If you were here, either Friday night or Saturday during the day, will you either raise your hand or rise so we know? So if you have questions, those are the people you turn to. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> they did a fantastic job, didn't they, of creating a congregational covenant? Oh my goodness. This is some of my favorite work to do with congregations is holding that liminal space of discernment and process. I love the anxiety that builds up that goes, are we going to be able to do this? What's this look like? How are we going to do this? Are we going to have an end product? I love holding that space because I love trusting in process because it has never failed me. Never. We've always come together. We've always been able to find, no matter what community of Unitarian Universalists I've been part of, we've always been able to come together and find that spirit of the congregation. So I'm sure you're asking, now what? What happens next? How will it be used? What about those who were not present? So I'd like you to remember our story from all ages earlier this service and look at this covenant as under construction. Part of being under construction means testing it out, living into it, seeing if it works. This means it's not set in stone. And even when we get to a place of maybe it's more permanent than what it is now, it will never be set in stone. We will not carve it into our spaces or into our community. It's a living, breathing document, living, breathing words. We also know in construction of this covenant, it's not perfect. We don't expect perfection. However, in our testing it out, living into it, and seeing if it works, we do need to discern whether or not there is anything missing, whether there are values that have not been named, or whether or not we need to be more specific or general. And this is what we'll do over the next few months. We'll provide opportunities for people to engage in discussion and offer feedback. We'll have our Healthy Congregations team, who are Mari, Athena, Papadakos, as well as Liz Strand. And our ministers use it when harm occurs and see if it guides us in repairing the harm. Well, we'll bring it to our new member classes and have people who are considering to become a member discuss it and see if it works for them. 
We will bring it into times where we are gathered for congregational meetings, as well as times in worship when it will be important to lift up how we are in relationship with each other. And at some point, we'll determine, we'll reach a point where we have decided whether it works for us or not. And if it works, then we'll adopt it, and it'll still be under construction. And if not, then we'll form a team with the feedback and create an updated version. And at that point, we'll decide to adopt it. Knowing that we are of faith that believes in continuous revelation, we also know that whatever we adopt will again be always under construction because it is not meant to be something we adopt and put on a shelf and just admire it from afar. A congregational covenant is meant to be used, questioned, lived into, loved, and constantly evolving as our community needs evolve. So for now, I encourage you to lean into what has been created, asking yourself the questions, does this work for me and help me understand how to be in relationship with others in the congregation? What is missing that I feel is important? Can I try this out for a little while and see how it fits, see how it guides me, both in the congregation and maybe out into the larger world? Be in a place of curiosity and exploration, engaging in conversations about the words, about the intentions, about the actions this covenant calls us to do. And I want to share it one more time this morning, so I'm going to wait for... There we go. Thank you, Jonathan. And I want to shout out to Jonathan, who created this slide this morning as we created the covenant yesterday. So thank you for doing that. In an effort to make the world a better place, we support each other's journey to seek truth with openness, curiosity, and respect for different perspectives and paths. As love is our spirit, we commit to respect, accept, listen to, and support each other. We hold ourselves and each other accountable by continually assessing our individual and community actions toward living into our covenant. This will include speaking up when someone's actions are not aligned. We commit to, being in, we commit to be in community with openness and loving kindness, acknowledging our own biases and different perspectives. We welcome the newcomer. We commit to building trust with each other. We celebrate differences and make space for repair when harm occurs. Beautiful, beautiful. Reverend Vanessa and I asked for you all to create something that will guide our work and help our co healthy congregation team in their work. I offer gratitude again for taking on the challenge and joining us in creating a community that is committed to being in relationship with each other through challenging and joyful times. May it be so. Please rise in body or spirit as you are able to sing our closing hymn, number 1017, We Are Building a New Way in our Teal Hymnal.
And now in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us, out from within us, be gracious unto us and bring us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.